0: Continue in the book of Yaakov, which is James, chapter 1. And we're going to be focusing on today, verses 19 through 27. And it says this, Therefore, my dear brothers, let each person be quick to listen and slow to speak. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody? And you just can't wait to uh, share your, your, your five or 20 cents with them. I have the habit many, many times of doing that. Before someone is done speaking, I will interject something. Because sometimes I, I think I can read that person's mind, but I can't. But I know what their thought process is if, if I get to know them after a while. And sometimes we try to fill in the blanks. But how often have you received from that person, as I have well, that really wasn't what I was thinking about. And that's why scripture talks to us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. So let us continue and slow to get angry. And to put it in this proper perspective for a lot of us today, how many times have you seen something being posted online that automatically it just kind of grabs a hold of you? And you just can't wait to just go ahead and let that person receive a piece of your own mind. How many times would it be better for us to listen to that individual and then to think about what they have presented and then to inquire of the Lord who dwells within us. I'm speaking about the Lord being The Ruach, the spirit of the living God, as Alan shared so eloquently today about what a blessing it is from the time of Acts chapter two, verse four forward, that the body of believers receive the indwelling of the Ruach. And many times we're so quick to react because to share our opinion, but but why not ask what the spirit of the living God who dwells within us, what is his opinion on the matter? So that's just something for our consideration. Let's continue with the scripture reading here. Therefore, my dear brothers, let every person be quick to listen, but slow to speak, slow to get angry. For a person angers does not accomplish God's righteousness. How many times have we thought in ourselves, well, you know what? This has really gotten a hold of me here. And I just want to just vent on this individual. Remember, a person anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. That's why God has said, you know what? Allow him to judge. He's the final judge, right? Is he not? Many times we're quick to, to judge an individual. And so Yaakov is giving his Jewish brothers from the twelve tribes of the nation of Israel these instructions. Because he's experienced it. He's actually done it himself. When you think back to the time. Of his relationship with his older brother. Who is perfect in all aspects. Can you imagine living with somebody. Who's without sin. That's what Yeshua was. And is. And so going forward here. And I'm sure that as. Yaakov was writing these words, he probably thought about past experiences with his older sibling, who is Yeshua. See, there's many times we forget about those dynamics here. But to know this, that any time that you or I are contemplating entertaining sin in our lives, to know this, that the spirit of the holy, living God dwells within us, he sees what we see, He hears what we hear, but we contemplate, well, I just want to take a time off. I just want to go into my old carnal nature here. We grieve the spirit of the living God when we allow sin to entertain us. So let's go forward here. Because Yaakov, he was one who learned from his older sibling, Yeshua, who pulled no punches with sin? He dealt with it. I believe that Yaakov, on the moment when he heard that his elder brother had risen from the dead, there was something undeniable evidence that he had to deal with. Because up to that time, He really did not believe that his elder brother was the promised Messiah, the Mashiach. And so these are some things we need to dwell on and do not listen to anyone, but listen to the spirit, the living God, who dwells within you, who's been giving us to conform us into the image and character of Yeshua, but also to lead us into all truth, God's truth. Remember, God the Father is the judge. We're not. So let's continue here. In verse 21. So rid yourselves of all vulgarity and evil and receive meekly the word. And that word is not just something written on the paper. That word is actually a living person. And his name is Yeshua, implanted in you that can save your lives. How many times has a believer went off the path with the Lord and they have gone into the Lord's presence prior to the time that the Lord desired for them to arrive in his presence? Think about that. Verse 22, don't deceive yourselves by only hearing what the word, remember this, it's not just simply the word written on the paper or suggestion from God, but his commands being in the literal personhood of Yeshua. Don't deceive you. Deceive yourselves by, by only hearing what the word says, but do it. See, when God gives us a command, he's not asking us for our opinions. Rabbi Frank, you're really bold today. God's word is bold. That same word that I'm sharing with you has been hitting me up one side of my head and the other all this time in preparation. So not only do I share this word with you, but I also have received it and now I have no other option than to apply it and obey it. Continuing, for whoever hears the word Yeshua but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, who looks at himself and goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. How many people know every little crease in their faces. And now, as I, I'm getting older, I'm discovering more and more creases that are there. So when you contemplate this, when this comparison, this word picture that that Yaakov gives to us, it's undeniable. So continuing here. But if a person looks closely into what? The perfect Torah, which gives what? Freedom. And continues becoming not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work it requires. See, we're not just supposed to listen to messages, hear it on tape. But we're supposed to do what the word of God says. Otherwise, there is not an ongoing sanctification process. And we're walking in rebellion. Rebellion against the Father's will. We're going through a time of transformation as we live out our lives in this pressure cooker called the world. This fire of affliction so that the Lord through his grace and mercy may burn off the dross in our lives that we would be as refined as refined gold. And a lot of us would say, well, you know what? Now I feel a lot of condemnation. A reminder everyone, there is no condemnation for those who are in Messiah Yeshua. We all need help in these areas. We have not become a complete and finished work. Rejoice in that knowing that the loving hands of your heavenly father is causing this to come about. Aren't you glad that you're no longer the same person that you were once you first came and you were born again? And that sanctification process is painful. It hurts. It's tough to put that old carnal nature to death and to rise new in Messiah. But that's the work of the spirit and there's joy in knowing that you're walking now in god's victory so continuing but if a person closely looks into the perfect torah which gives freedom wait a minute rabbi isn't the torah the law absolutely it's god's instruction of how we're to please him how we're to overcome every temptation You see, when Yeshua was walking on this earth, he faced every temptation and trial beyond what we'll ever see. What was the instruction that he followed? But the Torah itself. And he fulfilled Torah. Torah still is there. It's a reminder because if you remove God's law, the Torah, then we don't know how to act. We don't know how to appreciate him or to, or, or to, to... to, to uh, engage with our brothers and sisters, Messiah. Torah, God's law, holds us accountable. And so the perfect Torah, which gives freedom, it gives us freedom not no longer to live our old way, our old carnal nature, to get off those old paths that lead to what? Eternal separation to God the Father. So continuing here. But if a person looks closely into perfect Torah, which gives freedom and continues becoming not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work it requires, its work, then he will be blessed in what he or she does. Anyone who thinks he is religiously observant but does not control his tongue, is deceiving himself, and his observance counts for nothing. Can that be ever clearer? Have you ever shared some words that you just really wished that as soon as they got out of your mouth you could just go, oh my goodness, to grab them and to slay them? Continuing, the religious observance that God the Father considers pure and faultless is this, to care for orphans and widows in what their distress, and keep oneself from being contaminated by what? The world. If you would visit most homes of worship, whether it be regular congregational meetings or home fellowships, how much of the world is being manifested there? Their programs, the way of doing things, as the world does, because after all, we're we're reaching the lost world, are we not? So why should we present before them what they're already into? Why should we compete with the world on making people feel comfortable so they can continue the same path down to death? Is not the body of Messiah being supposed to be transformed daily? Absolutely. So now let's now dig even deeper into these scriptures. Let's here now focus on anger in verse 20. Anger does not promote the work of God's righteousness. Uncontrolled anger violates God's standard of conduct for the Messianic believer. How do we know this? From the Tanakh in the book of Mishli, which is Proverbs 16.32 says this, he can, who controls his temper is better off, better than a war hero. He rules his spirit better than he who captures an entire city. And also Proverbs 29:22 says this: Angry people stir up strife. Hot-tempered people commit many crimes. Now out of Ephesians 4:31, it declares this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, violent assertiveness and slander, along with all spitefulness. Instead, be kind to each other, tender hearted, and forgive each other just as Messiah Yeshua God has forgiven you. Now, that is not a suggestion, that is a command. Because when we allow bitterness or jealousy in our hearts, that brings division and destruction. It burns within that individual that holds that bitterness. And that's why we're commanded to forgive one another. And how can you expect someone in the world who's offending you to understand the love and grace of God if you're not willing to... forgive that bitterness and that hurt and to demonstrate that your old carnal nature is not about to retaliate in the same way but is now dead and now you're a new creature a transformed being in the image and character of Messiah that's what the world needs to see. Rabbi, please don't go there. Political arena. Do we pull off the gloves and go in there to win the debate and gain the victory? Or are we in it there as an ambassador? Of Messiah Yeshua. Are we to stand for biblical. Truths. Absolutely. But where's our attitude. Where's our motives. Is it to glorify God. Or to build ourselves up. And then gather a following. Let's continue here. Colossians says. But now put them all away. Anger. Meanness, slander, and obscene talk. See, we as believers in Messiah, that's not supposed to be seen in our lives. And where is it always expressed? By the tongue. It cuts people's hearts and spirit like a double-edged sword. So, continuing here, having received now a new birth through the Word of God, we should receive it and do it. True religion involves not only hearing, but doing God's Word. The entire letter now emphasizes deed over creed, action over profession. Have you ever been in this area as a parent? Where you tell a child not to do something, and then there's no reasoning here. And so what comes to mind, you remember what your parents said to you one time? Do as I say because I told you. But they're what they're doing, they're, they're actually watching what we're doing, and they're wondering why we continue doing what we're asking them to no longer do. Our hypocrisy reaches up to the high heavens. Praise God. These are things to consider. So, here, the Greek word for moral filth is sometimes used to describe what earwax. Sin is not just incompatible with receiving God's word. It prevents, prevents the word from reaching a person's heart. The Greek word to accept is translated several times in the Brit Hadashah as welcome. Let's look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. It says this. Whoever receives you is receiving me. Think about that. If I have hatred and bitterness in my heart, the Lord says, now, Rabbi Frank, I want you to go out there and share the good news with this person. And I cannot hide this bitterness and this hateful spirit. And what is my motivation here being tainted by? My bitterness And my hateful spirit. So continuing here. Whoever received you. Is receiving me. And whoever. Received me. Is receiving the one. Who sent me. Galatians 4.14. Declares this. Even though through my physical condition. Must I have been tempted to treat me now with scorn. You did not display any sign of disdain or distress. No one of you welcomed me as if I had been now as an angel of God, as if I had been the Messiah himself. So Rav Shaul is now commending them in Galatians 4.14. To continue now in Messianic Jews, Hebrews eleven thirty-one. By trusting Rahav, Rahab the prostitute, welcomed the spies, and therefore did not die along with those who were being disobedient. So now continuing, simply listening to the word of God has no lasting value. Yohanan 1, 3.18 says this, Children, let us love not with words and talk, but within actions and reality. Continuing, When they open the Bible, Messianic believers must intend to do what it says exactly what it says out of Romans chapter 2 verse 13 for it is not merely the hearers of the Torah whom God considers righteous rather it is the doers of what the Torah says who will be made righteous in God's sight The Bible is more than a book to carry with you. It gives the readers a way to follow the heart of God and the literal footsteps of Yeshua. The Greek word for anyone who listens has one of the meanings of an auditor today. Someone who merely sits in a class to gain information but never interacts with the material. God wants his people to go beyond auditing to simply obeying. Continuing, someone who looks at his face in a mirror, who looks at himself and goes away, immediately forgets what he looks like. Instead of grooming himself to the face the day, is now falling to use the mirror properly. That is actually instead of passi- passivity. And so now, with Matthew five seventeen, Yeshua gives even more information. He says this: "Don't think that I've come to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I've not come to abolish, but to complete. That is to fill." it to its fullness abba father god's standard while yeshua kept the torah perfectly and fulfilled the predictions of the prophets that is not just the point that is here yeshua did not come to abolish but to make full the meaning of what the torah says and the ethical demands that god through the prophets requires Yeshua came to complete our understanding of the Torah. And Yeshua fulfilled what the prophets declared. Despite the assertion of many, Yeshua fulfilled God's word. He gave the good news. And this is not annulled the Torah in any shape or form. Now going to the portion here where it speaks about the perfect Torah. This is the believer's perfect condition as Shaul puts it. What Torah really does is show people how sinful they are. That's part of the Romans road, Romans 3.20. The believer uses the perfect Torah's mirror assessment of his spiritual condition. Condition to correct, to groom his behavior. As with a bathroom mirror, he continues to use in this way throughout his entire life. In Romans 3.20, it declares what the Torah really does to show people how sinful we truly are. And that's just not based out of the book of Romans and the Brit HaDeshah. But Psalms also speaks to this. In Psalm 143.2 it says this. On the ground of legalistic observance of the Torah. Commands. Because what the Torah really does. Is to show people how sinful they are. Now going forward. Having early spoken about the kingdom of Torah. Yaakov declares keep speaking and acting like people who will be judged by Torah which gives freedom that's Yaakov 2.12 Yaakov 2.8 declares this if you truly attain the goal of the kingdom Torah in conformity with the passage that says love your neighbor as yourself you are then doing well Continuing, the the Messiah perfected Torah since the Lord Yeshua said he came to make the Torah now complete. Yaakov goes on to say in chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, but if you show favoritism, your actions constitute sin since you are convicted under the Torah as transgressors. For a person, when... He keeps the whole Torah, yet stumbles at one point, has been become guilty of breaking it. For the one who said, don't commit adultery, has also said, do not murder. Now, if you don't commit adultery, but do do murder, have you become a transgressor of the Torah? So continuing here. The Torah, which gives freedom. It means that the believer in Yeshua no longer serves God like a slave out of fear, but like a son or a daughter who's simply serving their Father. And what is the motivation? It's not now to gain righteous, righteousness in the sight of your Father but it's done out of motivation, out of love. Knowing that Messiah, Yeshua, who has fulfilled Torah, that it's in his righteousness and not in our own righteousness that we're truly reconciled and we're saved before God. And that's why right now there's a lot of people from the nations who are now trying to live their lives under Torah by their own efforts of keeping the feasts of the Lord and they think by somehow that gives them points in God's eyes are being led astray because Yeshua has completed that work upon that execution stake and when he rose from the dead we have new life in him and if so then we're not to put our trust in our own efforts of fulfilling God's Torah because we fall short. You want an example, an illustration? God warned the Jewish people, if you do not keep my word, my Torah, then this world, this land shall vomit you out of it. And what happened for nearly 2,000 years? the Jewish people were vomited out because they could not keep Torah by their own strength. See, there has to be a transformation of both the mind and the hearts. A brokenness. And that's where a lot of believers from the nations, they get this all confused. They think, well, once I'm saved, now I have to be Torah observant no you have to be Yeshua observant you have to be interpreting when you do read the Torah by the enlightenment and illumination of the Ruach HaKodesh otherwise you add to God's way and Yeshua said that he is the way the truth and the life no one can come to the father except through him And so, Rabbi, you're kind of walking a tightrope today. Because on one hand, you're saying we're to listen to God's word, but we're also to do God's word. That's right. We're to be listening to the one who is given to us to lead us into all truth. And that's not Rabbi Frank. That is the Ruach HaKodesh who dwells within you, the spirit of the living God, who was sent to you to bring before your mind and your heart what is true. And the way to honor God by allowing Yeshua's character being transformed by the spirit of the living God for us to take every thought captive, every motivation captive, and everything we do captive to go through the filter of the Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of the living God. So continuing here. But is the Torah of Moses then incomplete? Less than perfect? Of course not. It was God's perfect, complete, and sufficient revelation to mankind at the point in history when it was given. Later, when the appointed time arrived, God sent whom? His Son. It says this in Galatians 4, four, Now before the time for this trusting, faithfulness came. We were imprisoned in a subjection to a system which results from perverting the Torah into legalism. Kept under guard until this yet to come trusting, faithfulness would be revealed. And who's that Revelation but the Son Yeshua himself. And so it says this, to initiate the new covenant and to provide further revelation inspiration instruction of the Torah, adding to and completing in the light of history, which has transpired since Sinai. The Torah was already perfect. Then there is a promise yet further revelation in the end of days when the what? When the Messiah returns. And we see him not as a mirror obscurely, but as he truly is. How do we know this? 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve says this. For now we see obscurely, now in a mirror. But then it will be face to face. Did not Alan share today that in the times of the tabernacle, when the cloud came and it would move from place to place, the Spirit of the living God's presence was there, but he was on the outside. But now that we've received the Spirit from Acts chapter 2, verse going forward, he now dwells within us and he leads us into all truth that one day when Messiah comes back for his bride, both Jew and Gentile, one and Messiah and those who are sleeping in the grave will be raised up and they will see him for who he is and they will be transformed and they will look at him face to face and you and us who are alive at the time shall also receive that final transformation. Our soul and spirit has been saved, but our bodies, physical bodies, have not been saved yet. That transformation shall be complete. Let me read that one more time. First Corinthians 13, 12, For now we see obscurely in a mirror, but then it will be face to face. Face to face with whom? But our Messiah. Now, I know partly, Rav Shaul says, then I will know fully, just as God has fully known me. Continuing here in 1 John 3, 2, it says this. Dear friends, we are God's children. And it has not yet been clear what we will become. We know that when he, Yeshua, appears, we will be like him because we will see him, Yeshua, as he truly is. So continuing here. Yaakov pictures careful students who are Talmudim disciples of the Bible. He's seeing them doing what they read. Casual hearers simply glance at the high points of God's word, then go about their way like tourists. Careful hearers mine God's word like gold miners. And they return with new and life-changing treasures. And you know what the Lord's treasure is? He's coming back for you and I. Our characters, our bodies are going to be transformed. At his appearing for his bride. Who's there without spot or wrinkle? Because who dwells in the bride? But the spirit of the living God. And what does the bride say right now? I long for my bridegroom to come. And sweep me away into his arms. And bring me to the father's house. Continuing here. The Bible must have continuing effect an effect on the life of all Messianic believers. How are we doing? do we know this? In Yaakov 2.12 it says this, keep speaking and acting like people who will be judged by the Torah, which gives freedom. Yohanan uh, 32 says this, you will know the truth, and the truth will do what? It will set you free. Yohanan, John 1317 declares if you know these things you will be blessed if you do them it's not simply to know them but actually to live them out to do them second corinthians 317 declares this now adonai in this text means the ruach the spirit where the spirit of adonai there is what there is freedom Anyone who thinks he is religiously observant. Now we're in verse 26. In this verse, it speaks of religious observance. In the next, as well as the same related words in Colossians 2, 18 through 23. And This is what it says there. Colossians 2, 18, 23. Don't let any one of you the prize by insisting that you in self-mortification, or angel worship. Such people are always going about, about some vision. Aren't there another, a lot of prophets right now saying they're getting these visions from angels right now? This is Rav Scholl's warning. See, nothing's changed. Don't let anyone you prize by insisting that you, in self-mortification or angel worship, Some people are always going on and on about some vision that they've had and they vainly puff themselves up by their worldly outlook. Colossians 2.23 goes on to say this. They do indeed have the outward appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed religious observance, false humility and, and asceticism but they have no value at all in restraining people from indulging in their own nature. And that's why we're witnessing right now well-known men and women of God, the Lord is pulling back the veil, the curtains. And we're finding out that there's hidden sin in their lives that they embrace over the Lord. So continuing here. In Yaakov 26 and 27, it says this. Anyone who thinks he's religiously observant, religiously practicing observance, that they appear to have, and they now show forth zeal in performing religious acts, whether in connection with true religion or false, In Jewish terms, one could say equivocally, anyone who thinks that he is dati, D-A-T-I, religious, or frum, F-R-U-M, Yiddish, pious, or shomer mitzvot, one who observes commands of the Torah, but does not control his tongue, is deceiving himself. And so, in Yaakov 1, and 27, for the third time, Yaakov warns his readers about the danger of deception. And where's this taken from? But Psalms thirty four fourteen, If you do keep your tongue from evil, your lips from deceiving talk, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and go, therefore, after it. From Psalm 39, 2, it says this. I said, I will watch how I behave so that I won't sin with my tongue. I will put a muzzle upon my mouth. Psalms 141 3 declares this. Set a guard at an eye over my mouth and keep watch at the door of my lips. Continuing, in verse 27, it declares this. This verse apparently based on Isaiah 1:15 through 16 declares and this is what Isaiah 1:15 through 16 declares. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. No matter how much you pray, I won't be listening because your hands are covered with blood. See, he's judging the tongues because they were serving him I deny with their lips, but their hearts and their actions are far from him. Wash yourselves and be clean, declares the Lord. Get your evil deeds out of my sight and stop doing evil. See, God held the children of Israel accountable to his word by not simply just mouthing what the Lord wanted to see, Or here. But then he watched their lives. How are they conducting themselves? Continuing here. Yeshua equates the treatment of people in distress. Matthew 23, 3 declares. Woe to you hypocritical Torah teachers. And perishing Pharisees. You pay with your tithes of mint and dill and cumin, but you have neglected the weightier matters of the Torah. Justice, mercy, trust. These are the things that you should have attended to without neglecting the others. And see, Yeshua pulled no punches with them. It's amazing when you study scripture, how many of those from the group, the sect of the Pharisees became believers later on. Very, very few from the group of the Sadducees continuing here. That was simply a sight note. And so in this, this is a litmus test of true trust and faith. To keep oneself from being polluted by the world is to conduct one's earthly life in such a way as not to be ashamed when Yeshua appears. Think about that moment. Because we don't know when he's coming back. The father knows when he turns to the son and says, now go get your bride. What is Messiah Yeshua going to find Rabbi Frank caught up in? Rabbi Frank, don't be so transparent. You have to be. That's what the word says. Will I be found doing something that is displeasing to my groom? Will I be manifested some type of worldly quality or pursuit? Or will I be there obeying what the Father desires for me to do and longing for the appearing of my bridegroom to come and snatch me away with all of you? Continuing. The Messianic believers should be compassionately involved with holy social problems of the day while remaining holy himself. See, we're not to listen to what a brother or sister says we're to do. We're to listen to what the Spirit of the living God is telling us to do and do that. Because one day you and I are going to have to give an account for every word, every thought, and every motive. Continuing, in 2nd Kepha, 2nd Peter 3.14, it says this. Therefore, dear friends, as you look for these things, do everything you can to be found by him. Who's the him? Yeshua. Without what? Spot or defect and at peace. And continuing here and finishing now in Romans 12.20. It says this. On the contrary. If your enemy is hungry feed him. If he is thirsty give him something to drink. For by doing this you will heap fiery coals. Of shame. On his head. Do not be conquered by evil but conquer evil with good. Shabbat shalom.